Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Hey everyone, let's dig into the Word of God together today, whether you're at home in your living room, uh, whether you're at the beach, whether you are on the toilet or on the toilet at the beach, uh, God wants to speak to you. And uh, so let's open up our hearts and prepare ourselves for that today. You know, something I want to ask, if you are watching and you are a follower of Jesus, let me ask you this question. Uh, What changed for you the day you made that decision? Maybe you could tell the person next to you uh, what took place. How would you describe it? I'm sure we could write a list of all of the amazing and wonderful uh, things that God did for us that day. And each of those would be unique. They would be specific to the particular circumstances or situations that we found ourselves in. But there's also a number of things that all Christians share in common, things that God does for all of us on that day. Uh, When we are becoming a Christian, when we make that decision to follow Jesus, we are what the Bible calls born again. It's an old life stops and a new life begins. Another way it puts it is that we become a new creation. Uh, Our sins are forgiven. They're completely washed away. Our past, our shame, our guilt is lifted off of our shoulders. We are ripped out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into God's wonderful, amazing kingdom. There's so much good stuff that takes place in that moment. But one area that I want to focus in on today, one thing that is good news for each and every one of us is not only does God do all of those things, but he also gives us a brand new identity in Christ. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9, it says this, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. See, at the moment of salvation, all of those other things took place. But one thing that I'm focusing on today is that you and I were given a new identity. We became part of this royal priesthood, a holy nation picked out for the purposes of God. And the Bible throughout the New Testament gives us snippets and little insights into what this new identity looks like. I want to go through just a number of these and make these statements uh, about your identity and my identity in Christ. The Bible says that you are now a child of God. It doesn't matter what your family circumstances look like or what your lineage or heritage is. Right now, you are a child of God. You are called according to His plan and His purpose. You are loved and loved unconditionally. You are God's handiwork. He created you for good works. You are a citizen of heaven. You are more than a conqueror. Come on, you are victorious. You are a winner. You are a champion in Christ Jesus. You are accepted and you're an integral part of the body of Christ. You are also a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Bible maps out all of these things and more that make up your identity, my new identity 
in Christ Jesus that we received the day we gave our lives to him. Uh, but here's the thing that I want to ask today is that why is there sometimes a disconnect between the identity that I see in the pages of the Bible and the identity that I actually believe about myself and live out every single day? Uh, I don't know about you, but I read all of these things and I, and I know them and I understand them and I can comprehend what the Bible is saying. But not all of them manage to penetrate into my heart and have become part of my belief. I find myself acknowledging, yes, that I am a child of God. But there are days where I know I don't live out of an identity that says I really am a child of God. Maybe you've experienced this before. Do you know what I'm talking about? See, it's one thing to read it. It's something completely else to live it out. And I think that many Christians have been saved, set free, delivered, healed, forgiven, all of those wonderful things. Yet we find ourselves living out of an old identity and an old way of thinking. And the problem with that is this, is that one of the chief obstacles to a Christian fulfilling their purpose is a distorted view of their identity. One of the chief obstacles of a Christian fulfilling their purpose, the call of God, all that they're meant to be, is a distorted view of their identity. And in fact, we can see this all throughout the Bible, different characters, different champions and heroes called by God, purposed by God, but their own identity and their view of themselves trips them up on the journey. I think about Moses called to lead the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. Yet when God calls him in the burning bush moment, what does he say? God, I can't speak. Like, do you know who I am? Do you know what I've done? I can't speak. I can't do this. They won't listen to me. Who am I that they would listen to me? He asked question after question based on his distorted identity. The Israelites, when they finally come out of Egypt and they're looking to go into the promised land, they send out spies to scout out all that God has for them. Yet they come back with a report that says, man, we can't do this. We're like grasshoppers in their eyes. We're tiny. These guys are massive. We will never be able to get this done. It was an issue of distorted reality. Gideon is called to free Israel from the oppression of the Midianites. Yet when the angel of the Lord comes to him and says, come on, you mighty man of valor. What does Gideon say? He says, hey, who am I? I'm like the least of my family. My family is the least of our tribe. You've picked the wrong one, man. You need to find someone else. It was an issue of identity. And so many times Satan uses this as a tactic in order to trip us up and, to, and, and inhibit and hinder us from achieving all that God has called us to achieve. See, we even see this in the life of Jesus where he is tempted in the desert. Of the three times that Satan tempts him, two of them, he comes and he asks Jesus this question. If you are the son of God, then... You've got to put this in context. Jesus has just been baptized. He's risen out of the water and the father has opened heaven and said, this is my son. There was a, a, a giving of identity or an, a, an affirmation of identity in Jesus or for Jesus. So what does Satan do? He comes along and he tests that. He tries to trip it up in the area of 
identity. See, one of the chief obstacles to Christians fulfilling their purpose is a distorted identity. Your purpose and identity are inherently linked. So what are we going to do about that? How are we going to move through this, take steps forward? Well, the first thing I need, I think we need to do is identify what's really going on when we find ourselves not living out of that new identity. And what it really revolves around, one chief area that it revolves around, is that sometimes we just allow ourselves to go back into old thinking, which causes us to operate out of our old identity. Uh, Think about this. Before you became a Christian, if you are already a follower of Jesus watching today, how did you find your sense of identity and self-worth? What would you use to figure that out and and define yourself? Uh, My bet is that you would measure yourself up against principles, people, or performance that you saw as embodying success and value and worth and meaning. Uh, you would measure yourselves up against this. We would measure ourselves against this. And depending on how we measure would determine how we felt about ourselves and how we saw ourselves. It's kind of like we had this little internal measuring tape and we would use it every day, measuring ourselves up against different things, different people, different performance that we think is okay. And the problem is, is that often when we, even though we've got this new identity, this measuring tape seems to come out again. We fall back into the old measuring tape mentality. And often it's so subtle that we don't even realize we are doing it. Let me give you a couple of examples. You could be at school and you have a friend who for the third time this week, somebody has asked them out. I mean, you know, like it's just, it's chaos, right? And yet you, uh, for however long, and for all you know, no one's even paying any attention to you. You haven't even got a glance yet. You are putting in work, you're exercising, you're going to the gym, you're doing your hair good. Like you are looking good when you go to school and yet no one's paid any attention. How easy is it in that moment for the little measuring tape to come out and go, why do they get the attention I don't? What does that say about me? Or maybe you're someone who's studying at uni right now and you are working really hard, you're putting in time, energy, effort, but there's someone else in your class and for whatever reason, maybe they're not working as hard as you, yet they keep scoring better grades. It doesn't matter how hard you try, they always seem to just do better. How easy is it in that moment for the measuring tape to come out and for you to start asking questions, what what does this say about me? How is this gonna affect my career? What if I'm not gonna make it? What, What if I'm just not that good in this industry or in this field? Maybe today you're a business owner and you are at a at a networking event and you're talking to somebody in your industry and they are earning triple what you earn in your business. In that moment, what happens? Does the measuring tape come out? And you go, why are they better than me? How, how, how are they able to do it and I'm not? What does that say about me? 
you could be part of a family. You are out having a barbecue with another family and their kids are like angels. They are eating all their food, including their vegetables. They are, you know, very polite, well-mannered. You see them, they're all sitting nicely there and you look over to your side of the table and your kids are like they're demon possessed. They're just frothing at the mouth. They're throwing stuff. They are just screaming and yelling and you're out of control, right? What happens in that moment? Does the measuring tape come out? You begin to ask questions about your parenting and how good a parent you are and why your kids don't seem to be behaving just like the others. Or maybe finally, you have a friend who's bought a new car and they bring it over to show you and genuinely, genuinely, you're stoked. You're like, this is awesome. This is so good. But at the same time, in the back of your head is this little thought, this measuring tape comes out and says, you'll never be able to afford this. They might, but you won't. You, can, you, can't, you can't afford this. This is not okay. You are, you're never going to be as successful. Look, you'll never make it the same way that they have made it. See, each time we pull out the measuring tape, it will do one of two things. Either we will measure ourselves and our worth and our identity against others who we believe are more successful or better than us. And it leaves us feeling uh, insufficient. Or we will pull out the measuring tape and we'll measure ourselves against those we believe are not as good, not as successful, and it will leave us in a place of pride. Either way, both mentalities are not part of our new identity. They are part of an identity that Jesus terminated the day we gave our lives to him. This kind of comparison game acts like poison to our soul. It's subtle, it's small, but if you keep injecting your body with even small amounts of poison, eventually you are going to suffer. And it is important for us to understand that we need to put off that old mentality, put off that old thinking and accept again and recommit our hearts again to the new identity that Jesus has. We need to take this little measuring tape and we need to throw it away and put our eyes on something new, a new way that we are called to measure or to understand our own identity and our own Worth. And I want to give you three things today, three places to look for our new identity. Places that are not like a tape measure where there's always someone better, there's always someone worse. It's not firm. It, it doesn't matter how good you become, there will always be someone better. No, these three places are solid, they are objective, they are firm, they are unchanging, and they are true. So let's have a look at what these three things are. The first place we've got to look to derive our sense of identity and worth is to our creator. We've got to look to the one who made humanity. The Bible says this, referring to God's creating or creation of humanity. It says this in Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Notice something. Before the first humans had uh, uh, material possessions, before they had success, before they, they had anything else, they were born with, they were created with the image or in the image 
of God. See, this is independent of the circumstances and situations that you are going in right now. You and I are made in His likeness. Have you ever thought about that before? Out of all of creation, the only living things that bear this title are you and me. I love how Wayne Grudem puts it. He says, it will probably amaze us to realize that when the creator of the whole universe wanted to create something in his image, something more like himself than all the rest of creation, he made us. This realization will give us a profound sense of dignity and significance as we reflect on the excellence of all the rest of God's creation, the starry universe, the abundant earth, the world of plants and animals, the angelic kingdoms, all of them are remarkable, even magnificent. But we are more like our creator than any of these things. We are the culmination of God's infinitely wise and skillful work of creation. Simply by being an image bearer, you are remarkable. Regardless of your bank account, regardless of your social standing, regardless of how you look, regardless of your intelligence, how successful your business or your ministry is, all of these things do not add one iota to the fact that you are somebody made in the likeness of God and you are amazing, you are incredible, you are wonderful. So the next time that the measuring tape comes out, I want you to throw that thing away and set your eyes again on the creator who says you are made like me and you have infinite inherent worth. That's the first place we need to look. Here's the second one. We've got to look to the creator, but secondly, we need to look to the cross. Philippians 2, 5 and onwards says this, make your attitude like Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be used to his own advantage. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a slave and taking on the likeness of men. And when he had come as a man in his external form, he humbled himself by being obedient to the, uh, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. See, we know that God created us with immeasurable, uh, immeasurable, unfathomable value. But when humanity sinned and rebelled against God, the question had to be asked, what price would God be willing to pay in order to purchase us back? Think about that for a second. Maybe there was a moment where God had to decide, so to speak. He had to ask himself the question, is humanity worth rescuing? How much am I willing to pay? What cost am I willing to incur in order to win them back? 
but the cross not only serves. See, the cross not only serves as our point of salvation or our point of forgiveness, our point of redemption, but it serves as an eternal reminder of our new identity. That regardless of what others have said about us, regardless of what the measuring tape of value and worth has shown to us, we can look to the cross and say, no, that right there declares the measure and the value that I have, that God was not only willing to create me, but God was willing to pay the price needed to save me. Jesus, who existed in the form of God, humbled himself and lowered himself, dying on a cross for you and me. Jesus humiliated himself for you. Have you ever felt humiliated for the sake of somebody else? Yet Jesus humiliated himself for you and for me and shed his own blood. See, so great is the value and worth that you have that not a single earthly comparison can compare or add a single ounce of value to who we are in God's eyes. So the next time the measuring tape comes out, I want to ask you, would you throw it away and set your eyes on the creator, but set your eyes also on the cross and remind yourself that no, the cross declares eternally my worth, my value, my identity in him. Here's the third thing. We have the creator, the cross, and the last one, the word. I would have liked for it to start with a CR, but I couldn't think of anything. Maybe you can think of something. But the third point is the word. You know, the Greek word often used uh, to describe the authoritative and inspired scriptures that we have, uh, the ones that were approved, particularly in the, in the first few centuries, is the Greek word canon, uh, which basically means a, a measuring rod or a measuring stick. In the ancient world, they didn't have a, a nice wind-up kind of measuring tape like this, so they would have a, a canon, a, a rod or a reed that was the designated length of one meter or one cubit or whatever it was. And in the same way that we use the Bible, see, they called the Bible the canon because what it was saying is that we can measure the accuracy uh, or truth of every idea, every belief, every philosophy against this approved and set uh, uh, um, guideline and boundary, the, the holy scriptures. And the same way that we can test ideas and measure ideas or beliefs and all of those things, God has also called us to measure thoughts about our own identity and our own worth and our, who we really are against the authoritative voice of the scriptures. See, we read before all of those amazing things. You are a child of God. You are victorious. You are uh, somebody that has been loved unconditionally and will always be loved unconditionally. And you could jump on Google. In fact, I would uh, encourage you after this, jump on your phone and Google different scriptures about your new identity in Christ. And there would be scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture. But it's important for us to not only read that, but for us to apply 
apply it. We might feel like when the thoughts of the measuring tape come, we need to throw the measuring tape away and then look for a scripture that says the opposite or the truth about who we really are. And maybe you need to confess it. Maybe you need to pray it through. Maybe you need to thank it. Uh, Maybe you need to do any of those things. But above all, you need to make a decision to believe it. And when we believe it, it begins to shift something on the inside of us. You might not feel it before you believe it, but I promise you, you begin believing it and eventually you will feel it. It will go from head knowledge to heart knowledge to being a part of who you are. The Bible says that we need to, in Romans 12, be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So we take the word of God and we allow it to shape us and see our world, but also see ourselves in a new light. Come on. If we are going to see our new identity, our true identity that is in Christ, we've got to throw away the measuring tape and we've got to look to our creator. We've got to look to the cross and we've got to look to his word in order to see that picture clearly. Let me pray. Father, today we just thank you. Lord, I thank you that you have given us a new identity. It's independent of our past. It's independent of our current circumstances. It's who you have called us to be. God, I pray for every person today that we would continue to see this every day clearly, that we would continue to throw away the measuring tape. I pray for those who, man, they've lived their life just measuring up themselves to everything. Lord, that today would mark the beginning of the end for that old mentality, that old way of thinking. But Lord, we would all begin to look in a fresh way at you, the creator, and what you say about us, the the cross and what you paid for us and what the word of God promises us in Jesus' mighty name.